Uh, welcome to Insight Flicks. This is a movie and television discussion podcast created by three brothers. My name is Mike, and like always, I'm here with my two brothers, Richard and Raymond. Uh, we try to get together on a weekly basis to talk about the movies and television shows that we watched in the past week. In this episode, we're going to take a look at the critically acclaimed film Minari and the off-kiltered horror comedy PG Psycho Gorman. We're also going to continue our discussion about the Marvel series WandaVision. Uh, with uh, episode 9, we just finished watching that. We also watched the first episode of the new CW superhero series, Superman and Lois. But let's start things off with what we saw this past week. Uh, Raymond, I know you saw two big movies. We'll start with Tom and Jerry, the HBO Max original film. It's a live action uh, computer animated slapstick comedy from director Tim Story. And it has like Michael Pena, it has uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, and a whole bunch of other uh, cameos. And um, so, what's your thoughts on this? Well, um, I remember when the trailer came out for this movie and thinking um, it looked like uh, a com- complete disaster. Mm-hmm. It looked like a, 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 a really terrible film. And um, I was like, I have to watch that because I love watching bad movies. And um, watching it, like, right from the opening scene, like, you could tell this is going to be a really, really bad movie. Like, from the opening scene, you have, like, pigeons um, rapping uh, tr- A Tribe Called Quest's um, <laughs> can-, can I Kick It? <laughs> it's it's such a horrible uh, choice. It, it doesn't belong there at all. It's It's very bizarre. <laughs> And the movie kind of just uh, gets worse from there. <laughs> but <clears throat> surprisingly, while this is a, a horrible, terrible film, it it is still it still does manage to be uh, faithful to the Tom and Jerry characters, which is more than I can say about the 1992 Tom and Jerry film. This is in ways an improvement over that because it's at least, you know, the characters are at least Tom and Jerry. You mean because unfortunately because of slapstick, uh, like the, the kind of the no. Vi- well, and and well, I was gonna I was I was gonna get to that. But in the nineteen ninety two Tom and Jerry movie, it's a completely animated film, which this movie should have been. Mm. But in that movie, Tom and Jerry speak, and it's a musical. They sing, and it's 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 a complete you know disaster. It's 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 not what the movie should have been uh, at all. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was like that was me watching it as a child and. I I just didn't understand it. This, at least, you know, the characters felt like Tom and Jerry, but, oh my God, man, it's just the movie they're in is just so generic. This is, again, one of this problem I have with all these, like, children's movies that take, like, an old property and and try to uh, make a live-action adaption of it. This just, this feels like a script that has been laying around for, like, 20 or 30 years. Mm. And so um, it feels like kind of it, basically the '90s family film Dunst- Dunstan checks in, <laughs> but with 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 Tom and Jerry just <laughs> in it. And what makes it like even worse is like, um, you know, Chloe Moretz is basically like the the lead of the film, right? Yeah, and she's she's atrocious in this movie. She's really bad, and not only is she bad in the movie, her character is extremely unlikable. <laughs> her character is like a crook. She like cons her way into working this place. She like uh, she steals a, a woman's resume to get in this place. I'm like, how how is this supposed to be like the the character that we're supposed to like bring our like little kids into like come come watch this? This is supposed to be the role model for our children. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand this. I don't understand why this person has more screen time than Tom and Jerry. She cons herself. She cons her way into this position, 
and she ends up having to like uh, oversee this like big celebrity wedding and, and you know unfortunately the only celebrity that could get to play the role is um the the worst SNL cast member Colin Jost. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? And man, <laughs> you know, yeah, and you know Mr. Johansson. The, watching watching this movie, you realize there's a reason why this guy is the writer, you know? I mean, there's a reason why they don't put him in the sketches. Oh, this yeah. guy's just really not funny. He's really bad. He's he's painful to watch. I mean, <laughs> he's got a million dollar smile, that's all. <laughs> I, I don't I, I don't I don't understand uh, wh- why how he got this role. They could have given it to anybody. You know what? Honestly, they could have given it to like Logan Paul. Even even he would have. I think I think even he would have done better. Because I think he, Colin Joseph is supposed to be playing like a YouTube celebrity or something like that. You could have oh. just given just give it to a real YouTube celebrity. <laughs> he he was, uh, was a waste of money. They could have gotten anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, Chloe, Chloe's bad in the movie but uh after watching the film i i was uh, watching a uh an interview uh online on youtube i think it was uh from collider mm-hmm. and uh chloe they were interviewing chloe about uh tom and jerry and she mentioned actually that while filming this movie that the animators for the film were on set the entire time and that they were actually giving her direction oh and that they were asking her to basically act like a cartoon character and I was like, when hearing that, I was like, it all clicked. I was like, that's why, that's why she's so bad in this. Because I, re- I really like Chloe in other movies. You know, I'm a big fan of her in the Kick-Ass movies and, um, mm-hmm. and, and Hugo. She was excellent. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not like that talent just goes away. No, she, she can't in, be funny. She, she was in a couple episodes of um, Thirty Rock, which I thought she was hilarious in. I thought she was funny in uh, in uh, Neighbors too. And uh, she, you know, she yeah, can't, she right. can't, she can't be good. But. Uh, I, I really think that's what's wrong, what went wrong. She was like being told by these like animators to act like a cartoon character and it just it did not work at all. Mm-hmm. They should have just let her do her thing. And where the hell was Tim's story during all of this? Like, wasn't he supposed to be giving her direction? Yeah. The animators are like directing her performance. What the hell? That's a, a no-no, I think, right? Isn't that like a, usually it's the director's control i mean usually i mean that should be the one thing he's doing on this type of movie right how's michael pena though in the movie okay Uh, i kind of like michael pena in this movie because he i felt that he was kind of like me in many ways (laughs) because he he would he would he would react to things like the the way i would react to things like at, at at one point um Chloe Moretz's character uh, convinces like the manager of the hotel to uh, hire Tom the cat to uh, to work for the hotel and to help them uh, catch Jerry because because there's a mouse loose in the hotel. Yeah. And Michael Pena is like, you're, you're hiring a cat to 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 catch a mouse. Like this is this is ridiculous. This is stupid. And like he he, uh, he was kind of like the audience. But um, I, I kind of hated the character. I, I liked Michael Pena in the movie. You know, this, this is a much better performance than him in Fantasy Island. <laughs> but but it's still like it, it's a horribly written character, and they try to redeem him in the end. And it, the whole movie's a mess. Uh, it's it does improve. It does have some improvements over the 1992 Tom and Jerry movie. But in the end of the day, I think I would still rather watch the 1992 Tom and Jerry movie. Because at least the 1992 Tom and Jerry movie was all animated. It had a lot of beautiful animation. It had good voice acting. Mm. This, this is this maybe would have worked as a 20 minute sketch, and even 20 minute would have been stretching it. 
Well, despite your review, uh, it is, it's actually doing pretty good in theaters. Uh, it did uh, like family movies are killing it right now, man. Yeah, that this possibly may be a tur- turning point for theaters because it grossed over like fourteen million. You're right. I mean, children movies, animated movies are just doing well, and um, you saw this on HBO Max, so it's available now on HBO yes. Max. You, I guess you don't recommend this. Well, if you have HBO Max and you had kids, put it on for them. But, I mean, kids deserve better than this. Plus, you have the entire Tom and Jerry library on HBO Max. You know, maybe show them some of that. Uh, they can. I, I do think they can make a feature film Tom and Jerry movie that's good. It's just not. This isn't the approach you need to take. Maybe make it like a movie about like the about like the animator about like the creators of Tom and Tom and Jerry, and oh. then you could like include little updates like throughout the movie of uh, those classic cartoons, you know, to keep the little kids entertained, something like that. This isn't the approach, though. Uh, okay, uh, so there you go. Uh, but you also you also watch another streaming movie uh, on Hulu, The United States versus Billie Holiday. Uh, this is, uh, I think, Andra Day, who just won the Golden Globes for Best Actress. She plays Billie Holiday. And you saw this on Hulu. This is kind of a mm-hmm. biopic. This also, I should mention, this is a Lee Daniels movie. What's, okay. your, what's your thoughts? Okay, well, I didn't know about this movie at all. I didn't see any trailers for it. Um, I wasn't even planning to watch it. It's just that uh, I think a couple of days before it, um, it was coming out, I was just lo- looking at the Wikipedia page for it, and I saw that it was directed by Lee Daniels. I've only seen Lee, two of Lee Daniels' previous films, um, uh, The Butler and, and Precious, and I, I like both of those movies. So I was like, yeah, I'll check this out. It's going to be on Hulu. And I, I think the movie's a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. It does have the heart, it's heart in the right place. And I think uh, on Andre, Andre Day, Andre and, Day. Andre Day, she's a, apparently she's a R&B artist. And this is, I think this is her first acting role. I do think people are going to be a little mixed on her performance. But uh, she is the reason to watch this movie. If her performance ends up working for you, I mean, I think you will overall not like not regret watching it because she's she's giving it all she's it's like she's uh, she's completely committing 100 percent to the performance and uh it's a it, it it's 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 pretty astonishing to watch it's it's uh it's uh it's 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 incredible but um so her performance is an oscar worthy to you i mean it, well see that's what i'm gonna that's what that's that's the thing during the musical sequences and stuff i i would say yes but during certain times with the dialogue, I I didn't I didn't buy it as much, right. but it's still I, I still really love the performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the on the other hand, um, Trevante Rhodes from from Moonlight, he's in this film, and I, I thought he was horrible. No, <laughs> miscast. I don't I don't I don't really understand what Lee Daniels was trying to do with the with with him what, what was the, what was the character was he playing like the manager or the boyfriend or he's he's kind of like lakeith stanfield's character from uh judas and the black messiah he's an fbi agent oh. and uh he's he's trying to take her down mm-hmm. but then like he falls in love with her <laughs> but the whole the whole mm-hmm. I, I like all that it's just the whole the whole performance he it's kind of like his performance in moonlight mm. he's just blank the whole movie mm-hmm. He never talks. He's just, it's all like with his eyes and stuff. And 
it just it just didn't work for me. It worked it worked better in Moonlight. It didn't work here. Um, I hate to say this because I know people really love Trevante Rhodes, but for me personally, the best performance I've seen this guy give is probably in Chain Black's The Predator. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I, I and then it probably his second his second favorite performance for me would be Moonlight but I don't know I don't I, he just didn't work for me and the other problem with the movie though is I think the it has serious kind of tonal issues and mm. and the end of the day I don't I don't really know what the movie was trying to to say like it it it's telling her story and I think she has it's an inc- her story was very incredible. I actually wasn't very familiar with Billie Holiday's story at all. Mm-hmm. And you know, every, everything that she went through with the, the writing, uh, the, after writing, performing the song, strange fruit, I, I think, um, deserves a, a very quality, quality film. It's, it's definitely the type of story that could be in a film that wins or sweeps the Oscars. I just, th- this isn't the, the movie, this kind of, this feels like a, a a mixture of a bunch of different types of films that really shouldn't be blended together. Um, yeah, I mean Lee Daniels, who's the filmmaker behind this, he he's kind of known to be somewhat melodramatic. You know, Empire and some of his other te- television series tends to go into very much those high levels of melodrama. Yeah, soap opera. Yeah, very soap opera, and maybe that's what what you're feeling in this movie. A little bit of that, but it's, just tonal. It's more. Ton- it's more jarring than a soap opera. It's all, and also tries to. It tries to be really artistic at times that don't feel warranted. Mm-hmm. Like at, 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 you know, just not the appropriate times. Another thing is, I think there's a lot of really outstanding scenes in this movie. There's incredible scenes that you know happen in Billy Holiday's life that are you know are captured in this film, but. I've also seen those same scenes done in other movies better. Mm-hmm. Rich, you want to say? What were you saying, Rich? No, uh, did you? Uh, I was going to say, did you? Com- would you even compare it to uh, Renee Zellweger's Judy? Because I remember Judy had its flaws also. Well, the thing is, this is more unconventional than Judy. I, yeah, I would say. I, I, I got. I got you. But uh, I kind of, I kind of, I liked it more than Judy personally. But oh, really? Okay, wow. Okay. I personally did, but I don't think. I don't think most people will. Well, <laughs> what, would, what would you rate it? Or would, would you, I get this? Yeah, would you skip this or would you recommend this? I would recommend this if you like Oliver Stone's The Doors. Oh, wow. It was, <laughs> it, it was this a psychedelic? <laughs> no, no. It's just... You mean tonal shifts all over the place. Very... Yeah. Yeah. And it kind, goes, of, and kind of, of goes in strange uh, genres or it gets no, weird. Not, not necessarily because of that, but... The tone, tonal shifts, and also, um, I think the way uh, Billy Holiday's like drug addiction was depicted oh, okay. is it's not it's not too far off to the way um, Oliver Stone depicted uh, drug addiction in um, in The Doors. <laughs> this movie again, it really had its heart in the right place, just didn't quite pull it off. Uh, some of the performances are really good. Some of the performances are very misplaced. Um, it's a mixed bag of a movie. Um, it's a great story. Uh, one day I think we will get an incredible movie about this, uh, about this subject. Mm-hmm. This isn't it, unfortunately. Okay. So uh, I give the movie, I give the movie a, uh, a C plus. Oh, a C plus. That's not too bad. But, but other people will give it less. Yeah. Okay. And I give Tom and Jerry, um, uh, a 2.5 out of 10. 
F plus. <laughs> that's like forget it. <laughs> skip it then. Um, yeah. Well, if you have kids. <laughs> All right. So that's it for what we watched this past week. Unless Rich, you saw something this past week you want to talk about? <laughs> if I do, I don't remember it. <laughs> okay. So let's get to uh, WandaVision episode nine. This is our continual discussion of WandaVision. We've been watching this series and uh, let's get into episode nine. Previously on, this is kind of like a standalone episode. It focuses on a particular character and it really mm -hmm. goes back into a the history of Wanda. And not, no necessarily, not, not necessarily Wanda, but, um, you know. It's the big reveal, but let me just say, let me just say that, yeah, like, like Raymond was saying, there's no spoofs of any television shows yes, in this one, yes, which is a blessing. <laughs> but I mean, okay. but in this episode though, we do understand why these shows, these television shows meant a lot to Wanda. And I, I think personally, I think this was like probably the most emotional episode of, of the entire season. I, I love that we get to see Wanda's history in here. Mm -hmm. And it kind of fills in some of the events that, you know, have that we've seen before in the MCU movies, uh, these events that have shaped, that have shaped her uh, character up to this point. So uh, it's an, it's an, I think it's another strong episode. I was kind of shocked that, that they waited this long, the second to last episode, the, right. the penultimate episode to deal with this, some of these questions exactly. and some of these plot points, which makes me a little fearful that the next and final episode it's gonna go too quick. It's gonna go too quick, or it's gonna be. I know. It's gonna be filled. I'm with worried about that too. <laughs> it's gonna be filled with a lot of information. Are they gonna just jam a lot of ideas into? I, I'm hoping a 45 minute episode. Well, I don't think there's that much left to reveal, though, right? It, it should be like hopefully like uh, most of it's just gonna be like this big showdown, right? I maybe, but I think maybe you know they are setting up two other films in the MCU, so maybe they're gonna just but rush a whole bunch of ideas. I don't know. I don't. I don't think they're. I don't think this movie's. Um, I don't think Spider. I think Spider Man's more connected to Doctor Strange than this movie. Mm. I think. I think more. What's going to happen is like the events of this movie are going to affect Spider Man in the way that you know the events of Endgame affected Far From Home. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this I mean, ep this episode had zero of uh, Monica Rambeau, so she had a lot. That was disappointing. But yeah. That. That. I mean. For so, but I do like the fact that we did see, you know, memories of Wanda's history, and and we got to see her grief about her her brother dying, which was which happened in uh, Age of Ultron, and we did see uh, the truth about Vision, the the uh, in the real life Vision, I guess, whatever, and the relation, like how they first kind of f fell in love in the for the first time, and and uh, that was kind of all really great. So I do, I do like this episode. I just, like I said, I fear that like this next episode, the final episode, is just going to be crammed with a lot of a lot of details. Well, it is going to be the longest episode. They, they're saying, mm -hmm. but they said so, they well, well, saying what's, that what's two your, times already. But Rich, what's your thoughts on this episode overall? Yeah, I mean, it's it was continuing to be, a, you know, the one of the better, better episodes. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is these last two. Um, yeah, I mean, this is the, this. These are true MCU uh, vehicles that they're um, on right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it. it you know, we got a lot more. Um, yeah, uh, of the uh, origin of uh, this version of uh, Wanda. So, and uh, you like uh, did you? So you like this episode? Yeah, it's for for this Wanda vision. Yeah, this is. Is this your favorite episode? No, this is probably my second favorite because um, I do like number episode four. Yeah, number four. Yeah, number four, and um, I, 
but this episode was really good. It's, this ranks yeah. up on the, on the top on the top episodes, right? But you know, like like, but this season, however, has been a little wishy washy for me. You know, it's a but I think it's a this whole series has been better than an average, you know, a little bit better than an average television show. So this last episode, I need a wallop. <laughs> you know, I need something yeah. awesomely big to really, really enjoy this whole entire season. Do you think um do you think you would have less issues with like the, the pacing of the series if maybe um because you know for, for critics they released the first three they gave them the first three episodes first. Mm-hmm. Do you think, uh, like, if they just released the first three episodes in the first week, and then in the second week we got the Monica Rambeau episode, you know, that was like the first episode that was basically like an MCU movie? I think I think it would have helped. It would have helped a lot. Like, get get all the sitcom stuff over with the first three episodes in the first week. But the problem is they went back into it. I mean, eventually. No, but no, but when and that doesn't matter because whenever they went back to it, it was a balance, and I love. I personally loved how they were balancing the two. Yeah, the first three was straight out spoofs of other television series. Uh, yeah. So, and even for me, like by the third one, I was like, okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's face it. The, the first three, I'm, I'll never rewatch again. <laughs> I'll rewatch them. I, I kind of hope that every now and then, like, you know how early on in the MCU, we used to get those MCU um, shorts. Like, we got that one of Phil, Col- uh, Phil Coulson, like, um, on the way to uh, Thor's hammer, he beats up some dudes at a, at a liquor store. Yeah, I never saw it. <laughs> yeah, well, like if, if we got like a, a bonus episode of WandaVision that's just a sitcom, like every now and then for Christmas or something like that, I would love that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. If it's a, yeah, if it's a little extra thing that they put on like, Disney Plus, we found, yeah. a, we found a, a secret lost episode of WandaVision. <laughs> this one takes place during the seventies. You, you liked this episode, Raymond. Yeah, it's my second favorite episode after okay. the fourth episode. Okay. Um, I it's funny though because like I I feel like there's like you could kind of like very much criticize the format of this episode because it's just yeah it feels like a standalone the, episode. No, but I mean the, the way they're kind of like the way they're kind of revealing all the um all the answers it's it's a little I don't know I thought it was a little lazy or, but or, I, or, I, or, I I can't I can't get a little too. I can't get too into it without spoiling anything. Okay. Yeah. This this episode had the best. <laughs> but thing. overall, what? This episode had the best Easter egg. Yeah, if you're watching this episode, stay tuned after the credits. It was a great, <laughs> great Easter egg, which said, is basically setting up what's going on to in the final episode, which I, I'm assuming is going to be a major confrontation between two people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, we all agreed that we l- loved this episode. Uh, it was one of the top episodes of the season. Um, unless you want to add something, let's get to the get to Superman and Lois. Yeah, yeah, Superman and Lois. Well, we saw the first episode of Superman and Lois. This is the CW series, superhero series. I guess it's based in the Arrowverse, right? It's set in the Arrowverse. I'm not sure because there was no mention of Supergirl or... or um, well, I think maybe a multiverse. Yeah, it might be a multiverse, yeah. You think so? Well, yeah, maybe Supergirl hasn't arrived yet. She's still... Um, she's, That's uh, true. I was I thinking about know. that, too. I, maybe I this, thought... I thought in her storyline or whatever that um, she uh, she came to while he was gone. Maybe I know that's what I mean. That's what I mean. This is maybe this is a multiverse, and in this multiverse, Supergirl hasn't arrived yet. Oh, oh, okay. That's the only explanation that would make sense. I think (laughs) because I'm not sure. Yeah, you're right. I'm not sure because because I think in I think in the last uh, crossover in the last big CW crossover. Um, I think they made some sort of reference that uh, 
that Superman and, and Lois were, were, were going to have babies. And that, and now they're now they're adults now they're now they're teenagers. Yeah. So um, the only explanation I think that would make sense is that they're, they're this is a multiverse. It's possible. This isn't this well, isn't the 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 CW verse. The thing is, they didn't really acknowledge anything in this movie about the other other superhero series on CW. So we don't really know. We should mention that this stars Tyler Hecklin who's from uh, uh, Team Wolf, MTV's Team Wolf. And uh, he plays Superman and Clark Kent. And also Elizabeth Tolick, who is from NBC's Grimm. And she plays Lois Lane. And I guess this is a t- contemporary update of the uh, of the ever-evolving relationship between Clark and Lois, who will find themselves relocating to Clark's hometown of Smallville after after the illness of, of Clark's, Clark's mother. And at this point in their relationship, they're a happily married couple. They have two twin teenage boys. And um, what I really liked about this episode or this this series is that um, <clears throat> it's that the, we're, we're seeing a, a much older or at least an older and mature Superman or Clark Kent. Uh, and he wants to be more at home with his first two boys. And I, I, I like that idea. I like that concept. He wants to be, it seems like he wants to be a better father and husband for his family. And, uh, and he's, he's not really interested in being a better superhero for the world. And I like that he's like switching his priorities in this episode. And I just kind of really love that concept that he, and this approach to this character that, which I haven't seen before, at least in, on television, I'm sure they deal with this kind of parenthood thing and in the comic books. But I, I really liked it, and I think this this episode, this pilot episode, was a really, really good good start because uh, I was not expecting any. I wasn't expecting this to be good at all. <laughs> really? And no, I wasn't because to be to be you know, to, Arrowverse really appears to be sliding. It had down. really fallen off. Yeah, yeah, it's been sliding down. The stories aren't cutting it. I saw the trailer for the new Flash. Uh, season, and I like. It seems like they're repeating the same storylines every They've season. They've been doing that since season one, man. <laughs> season two. So I'm not engrossed in those uh, shows like I was, you know, years ago or a couple years ago. And so, you know, those those shows are not must see television for me anymore. So I haven't seen a lot of the latest episodes. I did see the the crossover, but um, but I really enjoyed this pilot episode. I was pleasantly supply, pr- surprised. And it was well done, and it, they spent a lot of money. The special effects looked really good. Yeah, so I, I really loved it. Um, what's your thoughts? Uh, uh, you know, it, it was technically a two-hour episode, but it, it was only so many like, commercials. It was only an hour and uh, and, and maybe even minutes. ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, of footage. So, uh, but yeah, um, I really like the look of it. It's totally not CW. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's it's more. They put more of that. Uh, um, Richard like Donner. A bit of, no, I think um, a touch of uh, Snyder. Oh, you think so? I think it was. I Dark. think it was a touch of both. Yeah. Because I got. I didn't get. I didn't get Donner. I got more Superman Returns, but Superman Returns was basically updated Donner. Yeah. 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 And also, it. it um, um, right in the beginning, uh, we see Tyler Hecklin uh, wearing the. Uh, the uh the old s uh <laughs> the old uniform the, the golden age yeah the max the f- uh fletcher max fletcher uniform oh yeah yeah and uh yeah like but, the, it starts with like a montage of his the whole history of his character from going from a teen in super in small a team from smallville to 
an adult Superman, and now he's like this old man. Well, he's not an old man, but he's he's definitely a parent with two children. Yeah. Well, I mean, they match their age now. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, like you, I kind of liked it. Uh, uh, and uh, but I'm not sure how how long I'm gonna it's gonna last. How this um this uh, storyline where uh, Superman wants to be a super dad now, <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure how long it's gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna you know be down for that. So uh, yeah, but the first episode was good. I liked it. And yeah, <laughs> Captain Luther uh, was don't, kind don't, of don't, don't don't mention. <laughs> All right, Raymond, Raymond, what's your thoughts on uh, on the pilot episode of Superman and Lois? I thought it was great. Um, I was expecting it to be good. I was actually expecting this to if, if it, to basically be the CW's like last hope for well, at least for their DC shows because. Like you, um, I, I kind of stopped watching after the, the last crossover because for the past couple seasons, those shows had just fallen off and had been dropping in quality um, every season. And um, But I always felt that, you know, there was a ton of potential in, uh, in their Superman. I really liked Tyler Hoechlin, um, or Hecklin, and whenever he appeared in um, on Supergirl or in the crossovers. And I also thought that he didn't, never really got a fair shot at, you know, at at playing the character he in those in the brief little things that he got to do he was amazing but you know kind of like you know henry cavill he never got a, a the right opportunity and you know now he's given that opportunity and i'm really satisfied i, I love the show it feels like something that could very much be on hbo max yeah um yeah. i hope i hope for the next season if, if if there is a next oh i think they just greenlit in next season but i hope for the next season that they um raise the budget a little bit and just make it an HBO Max series. They don't have to make it like 20 episodes or whatever. They could cut down that episode count. Sure. Yeah. And I really expected not to like the boys also. I mean, but uh, me too. And it, I didn't even like them in the beginning, but by the end they grew. In the <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, exactly. They grew on me. Yeah. But I, I should mention that I do, I do like the Supergirl series. I mean, I thought the last couple of ep- seasons, the last couple of seasons were pretty okay they were, they were better than usual but the batwoman the first season was bad yeah the batwoman season i tried watching with the ruby rose mm-hmm. it was just bad it's just a bad series it's just it's no good but no. i tried watching it i saw like the first five episodes i thought it was okay but I, again i didn't even finish it yeah i didn't finish it and i don't even think i finished the pilot i, I knew it was dog shit <laughs> i i wouldn't say it's dog shit it's just a bad just a regular bad yeah, I, yeah i've seen CW i've series. seen worse yeah i've seen worse from the from the cw shows but um and, at, but, and also at this point about the flash which is their kind of flagship sh- show now i just tired of it i'm tired of barry allen not knowing how to use his powers and he's yeah one vi- one villain a season yeah, oh, I, yeah I, you remind me that's another thing that i really loved about superman and lois because we don't we finally have a superhero that doesn't have a team feeding him information through a headset like <laughs> they traded that off for a family which is perfect i'd much rather take family drama over the you know a, t- a team of you know uh, college students feeding him stuff <laughs> through a headset it's weird. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I like that too. <laughs> yeah, so we all agree that uh, this was a very good start for Superman and Lois. It, uh, we were going to check the rest of the season, uh, but yeah, uh, we definitely recommend watching uh, Superman and Lois. It's now available on CW. I guess it's on the CW app, and yeah, uh, very good start. Yeah. Oh, I, I want to really quick mention that the the director of the first episode was Lee Tolan Krieger, who he, he's he did uh Celeste and Jesse Forever that movie, he did the Age of mm-hmm. Adeline, 
but he has recently been doing a lot of uh, television episodes uh, on um, Sabrina and Riverdale. And I thought he really directed this first episode really well. It was uh, the the tone of this episode was really good, and if they need somebody to direct, you know, a superhero movie, maybe uh, pick this guy because I think he has the right uh, tone. You know, he I, I I was really impressed by his work with this first episode. All right, so um, oh, I, you know, and before before we leave uh, the topic of Superman and Lois, I also just wanted uh, who's the actress that's playing uh, Lois on the show? Um, Elizabeth Tolick. You know, I'm I'm really happy with with her performance as Lois because I've got to I've got to admit I personally haven't been happy with any of the Lois Lanes that we've had since Margaret Kidder. I haven't liked any of them. I thought who who played Lois Lane in Superman Returns? Oh, Kate Bosworth. I thought she was atrocious. <laughs> and you know what? Unpopular opinion. I think Amy Adams is atrocious mm-hmm. as Lois Lane. Atrocious or just bad. Atrocious, <laughs> atrocious. I thought I think her performance in uh, as Lois Lane is almost as bad as her performance in Hillbilly Elegy, and she's the worst part of that movie if, if you haven't seen it yet. Um, but she's a good, she's a great actress, though, and the right role. <laughs> but um, I, I'm so happy that we finally have an actress that really embodies Lois Lane. I mean, it should it should be easy casting, man. Like it should be the more difficult role to cast should be superman but i feel like almost every superman we've ever gotten has been pretty fantastic lois lane has been the tough one to cast <laughs> i i agree i agree i think i really liked her portrayal of uh, of lois lane and i you know i do like tyler hecklin although he has a permanent five o'clock shadow which is strange but it didn't didn't get it makes sense because he's an alien <laughs> <laughs> It's okay because he's the he's the father. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the father Superman. It's hard to not be a werewolf still. <laughs> but yeah, uh, um, uh, yeah, I agree. Elizabeth Tullock is a uh, was a great choice, and I I liked her in Grimm. She served a lot of years in Grimm, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully, the this uh, this they stick with the, a good series here. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's get into uh, some of the movies we saw this past week. So let's start with PG Psycho Gorman. This is like an a, a, like off kilter horror comedy, and it, it kind of explores the unlikely relationship between an evil monster and a young sister and brother duel. Uh, this is written and directed by special makeup effects artist Stephen Kostansky, uh, who previously co-directed the the cult horror movie The Void. He also directed the 2011 cult ultra-low-budget sci-fi horror movie Manborg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is kind of like a throwback to the 80s uh, uh, retro... Uh, yeah, like the 80s and, and, and 70s, like uh, those horror movies, sci-fi movies. Mm-hmm. And it's about a little girl and, a, and her brother... Who they dig up a magical amulet in their backyard, and to their surprise, they resurrect a powerful ancient evil overlord. And uh, the kids soon soon learn that this amulet gives them control over the de- this demonic alien. And to the great surprise of this monster, he must obey their every command. And uh, uh, Raymond, let's start with you. What's your thoughts on Psycho Gorman? Okay, so I remember seeing uh, a little mini teaser for this movie a couple months ago. And I remember thinking the teaser looked awesome. I was like, okay, this looks really weird. Uh, looks like something I'm going to like. And uh, I was I was looking forward to watching it. And uh, f- finally watched the movie. And 
I was not aware that this was the new movie from Astron Six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've only seen one of one one of their movies before, The Editor. Mm-hmm. But man, I I love these guys, man. Mm-hmm. They 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 know how to make a fun B movie. They know how to make a, a a good you know throwback horror film. These guys should have made Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> I'm not familiar I, with Astron Six. Uh, fill me in. There are three three filmmakers from Canada, but this is only this is only the one guy. This is Stephen. Uh, Stansky, but the, okay. no, um, but all the guys uh, there they act in the movie. They're yeah, pl- like one of the guys, uh, the director of the editor plays the father in this movie. Yeah, Ad- Adam Brooks who plays Greg, he's the father, kind of oh, la- okay. the lazy father. He directed yeah. he directed a movie called The Editor, which was a, this kind of throwback to the the Jalo films, the horror films. It's a really crazy satirical horror comedy that I love as well. I saw it. And yeah, awesome. <laughs> it's funny. It's and it's if you like that movie, you will love a Psycho Garmin. It's the same kind of thing. I think what I I think this is their best movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't seen Manborg because it's uh, the one of their earlier work, uh, and The Void, which was a, a like a big hit. But that was more. Kind you know, of I have a, I have The Void on Blu-ray. And I never I never watched it. <laughs> yeah, me either. I haven't seen it. Uh, uh, supposedly, it's more straightforward horror movie it's not no comedy it's more that's more of a like a sci-fi horror film yeah uh rich what's your thoughts on psycho gorman yeah i saw the trailer and i liked this premise and uh i I gave this this movie a whirl um you know unlike you two i i like willie's wonderland (laughs) and, and and this one, yeah, it fed, fed in the same. Fit, it, fits in, it fits in the same category for me, and uh, I, um, I enjoyed it. Uh, I really enjoyed the uh, movie overall, but uh, I must admit the the girl was super annoying, especially at mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. The little girl. I mean, I, I didn't know if I could hang out through the, through, the, through the whole movie with her, but I eventually said. You know, screw it. I, yeah. I got to. You, know, you got you to go with it. Yeah, I got to go with it. Yeah, I got to go with his flow. And the the makeup is obviously uh, B movie at best. I mean, it's it's obviously like uh, yeah, this is a low low budget movie. Low budget, and yeah. it's got the, the, like the same creativity that you see in like an uh, on on a face off uh, <laughs> the sci fi series oh, face off <laughs> reality like, uh, competition show. Yeah, like uh, all the <laughs> second third place winners. You know, you know, and uh, yeah, the makeup. Uh, I mean, but you like yeah, it. you I like mean, it. yeah, it's very creative. It's very creative um, throughout the whole movie and. And it, it, it's a it, it went by fast for me. Yeah, so, yeah. It was, and I, I think yeah, just the the the, uh, the father was probably the best uh, com- comic relief. <laughs> uh, I'll give you my thoughts real quick. Uh, let me refer to a review on Letterbox about Barb and Star go to Vista de Mar. <laughs> oh, so this is what someone wrote about Barb and Star. Uh, Barb and Star go to Vista de Mar isn't a movie. It's a wavelength. Either you either get on it or you don't. And I think the same thing could be said about uh, Psycho Gorman. This is a kind of a zany off the wall, you know, like I said, an 80s retro horror comedy that that you either find hilarious or you don't. And I'm I suppose I'm, I'm uh, I suppose there's going to be people who find who love Barb and Star and there's going to be people who love Psycho Gorman. Uh, count me as someone who is firmly on the Psycho Gorman team. <laughs> I love this movie. I r- really had a great time watching this. 
Do all the jokes land? No, of course not. Oh, no way. Is it the funniest movie ever? No, of course not. But mm -hmm. I think it gets the tone correct, which is arguably the hardest part of making a comedy. And everyone in the movie is on the same wavelength. It's a deadpan farce that I found to be completely hysterical. And this is this feels to me like a, like a lot like a horror comedy from New Zealand. So mm. like like an old school Peter Jackson splatter horror That's movie. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> it, it feels like a Peter Jack a, a Peter Jackson horror film from the 80s mixed with like an adult swim show. <laughs> yeah, it's like bad taste brain dead, yeah. So I was actually shocked that that, that these guys these these guys are from uh, Canada, the uh, the you know, the team there. And yeah, so I loved and also loved the design of the, the monsters. Uh, it looks like He-Man. <laughs> it looks like Mattel <laughs> toys here. Their whole lore is like <laughs> He-Man. <laughs> and it looks like, you know, like the, it also looks like kind of heavy metal magazine, the comic book there. I really, really, really like this movie. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of uh, Turbo Kid. Um, oh yeah, that too. Yeah, another mm, Canadian. What? That was another Canadian collective filmmakers. I don't, I forgot who, uh, what would their, their names were, but yeah. All right, so we all enjoyed this movie, I guess, right? Yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing online, <laughs> I'm seeing online that the Death Trapper in the movie was voiced by um, Rich Evans from uh, Red Letter Media. Oh, was it really? Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pretty awesome. All right, so let's uh, let's grade this, Rich. What's your grade? I could only give it a C plus. I mean, really? It's, it's, it's yeah, it. it I, I enjoyed it, but I can't you know go overboard on it it's it was you know it's it is what it is it's i could maybe go a b minus but you know it, it c plus it, or b minus right there yeah okay yeah i'm giving this a uh, three and a half stars uh so which it will be like a, a b minus so three and a half stars for me uh out of five <laughs> three and a half stars out of five uh raymond what's your grade uh, i'm between a b minus and a b hmm. even more yeah um but yeah, yeah, we're, we're about um, the same. We're all right about there. the same. Yeah, we're about the same. So we highly recommend it. Again, you have to be on the on this wavelength. <laughs> this, you have to like really love heavy metal magazine, uh, these European space horror movies from the seventies and eighties, or these or He Man. <laughs> you know, like the idea. If this is your world, then you would like the Dolph Lundgren He Man. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you would love uh, the Master of Universe movie. Yeah, mm. you would love the PGA Psycho Garment. Uh, let's get to our if final. You love, uh, meet the Feebles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's get to our final film. It's the critically acclaimed uh, movie that just won a Golden Globe for best foreign film, uh, Minari. Uh, this is uh, written and directed by Lee Isaac Chung, and it uh, uh, stars Walking Dead actor Stephen Young, and he plays a determined Korean immigrant trying to establish his own farm in Arkansas with his family. So this is this is based this is kind of based on the on the director's own life, his experience growing up in a small farm in rural Arkansas. It's a it's a hopeful and harrowing story of a hardworking Korean family trying to realize their own American dream in this small town America. Uh, let's start with Rich. What's your thoughts on Minari? It's one of the best films of the year, or whatever. If it twenty twenty of twenty twenty, if it's if we're we're counting up for twenty twenty, it's one of the best films. It's downright. It's downright near perfect. It's 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 a breath of fresh air. It's it's a it's it's a family story. It's a a, a perfect family story. Uh, the performances all around were fantastic, including the children. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, and 
<laughs> another uh, brilliant performance by Will Patton. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I really didn't expect to uh, like the movie so much, and uh, and uh, yeah, it, it's it, it it lives up to the uh, reputation it's 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 gaining. All right, Raymond, what's your thoughts on Minori? Okay, I'll take it a step further than Rich. I actually think this is the best movie of the year. Mm. I I love this movie. I um, it's really a, a a story about you know a Korean family following the American dream and all of the kind of obstacles that you know kind of come their way. You know they had things perfectly planned mm-hmm. and just things didn't don't go according to plan. Yeah, it's the American and dream. And the way. Yeah, the way it's all captured is, um, it's it's just very authentic, extremely uh, extremely real, and um, I I I loved everything about this movie. The thing about one of the things about this movie is it's um, it, the movie goes by pretty quick. Yeah, but it feels like at the same time like not not a lot happens. Like you're just you're absorbing life, but it's not it's it's entertaining. You know what I mean? It's like a, kind of like just like real life. You know what I mean? Real life's just kind of sometimes just goes by quick. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I would say first, you know, first and foremost, I think this is a gorgeous looking movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's an eye-catching film. It, it really captures like that bright pastel blue skyline that contrasts with the the yellowish green farmland and it's a beautiful color palette. And uh, but and also when, once we get into like inside the trailer home where the family lives, it's well lit. It's like exceptionally lit. It's a good-looking movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh and I you know, I have seen a lot of independent films where they're set in like trailer homes or mobile home mobile homes mm-hmm. and everything looks dead <laughs> everything looks grim <laughs> and colorless Th- that's not the case here i mean i should really point out and credit a uh, cinematographer lachlan millen who is i think he's a bit of a newcomer but he has worked on a couple episodes of the netflix series stranger things he's also the cinematographer of love and monsters which is a really fun monster movie that i enjoyed that came out uh last year and uh, on vod which and I thought that movie looked really good, uh, but yeah, keep an eye on this guy. I I won't be surprised if he he gets an Oscar nomination for this. This is really good stuff. The movie itself is exactly what I want from a movie like this. This is a heartwarming, emotionally charged family drama that it's about the struggles of chasing that American dream. Now the movie feel is filled with a lot of hope. But it's also filled with a lot of misery and and uh, oh, yeah. adversary or uh, adversity, and uh, it's it's not so it's not overly sentimental or or uh, nostalgic. And uh, the family the family at the center of this film feels real. They feel relatable. You know, mm-hmm. there's a certain degree of uh, realism throughout this whole movie. And it's funny because I I was watching this movie Minor, uh, Minari. You know, and almost immediately, I was able to relate to these characters. I think I'm about the same age as writer director Lee Isaac Chung, and though I never lived on the farm or <laughs> in my youth, farm, our, and our father was never once a farmer. Our father, by the way, is a immigrant who uh, immigrated to America from Peru, and our family, are, you know, have roots in Peru, and also, you know, our family has uh, Latin roots. Well, our, our 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 dad kind of was like from that farm life. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, because from a farming uh, uh, territory of Peru, even though our family is not Korean, 
there's something about this movie that feels like a memory or it feels like like my childhood it, it, but it's in a way it's it's everything in this movie feels very very familiar to me if that makes any sense but you know because it's the movie's so authentic man when you yeah. when you when you make it when you get it right you know it should be you know relatable to everyone because you know we all go through a lot of these things to a certain extent and if not us personally you know then our then our parents and yeah. our aunt and our, our our grandparents and uh you know it's always it's always uh wonderful to see it depicted in such a a, a real way because you it kind of you know it it, it makes us in, the, in a way for like people for us that haven't experienced it but like our our, our ancestors experienced it or our parents whatever mm -hmm. it, it makes us kind of you know see it with our eyes yeah and i think there's something to the fact that all immigrant families especially in america have this a common denominator or this kind of unspoken uh, uh, common language and it you know it's about dealing with cultural identity it's it's trying to you know we all kind of trying to find our place in the world it feels like you know we're all on the outside looking in you know rather vice versa uh, the cultural differences between yourself and your parents—that's a real thing in, in an immigrant family, and how that may be a source of contention. I—that—that's all. And then the movie deals with these issues in an unconscious way. It's nothing deliberately, prof, you know, pronounced. And I—that's what I love about it. It's like the slice of life type of thing where it just gradually you feel that those issues and i love the fact that stephen young is still like a young 30 something man in this and his wife mm -hmm. played by um yuri han i believe that's her how you say her name yuri han and uh, she's also in her 30s and she's really good in the movie and i like that they're a young immigrant couple you know they 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 didn't cast like an older Korean man or an older Korean woman to and made them look younger. I think sometimes we have this uh, 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 misinterpretation or uh, we misconstrue the idea of of immigrants with old or you know an immigrant is an old Korean man or an old Latino man or whatever you know. Uh, no, you know immigrants are are young people, young immigrants. There are young immigrants in America who are here. They're working hard and they're trying to make a career. They're going to the college. They're trying to make a better life for themselves. And uh, these and these people still believe in the American dream. You could argue yeah. that these these are the ones who are keeping that dream alive. And there yeah. are many Americans who are born here who have kind of given up on that idea. So I loved in the movie trying to change that idea, trying to change that notion of who symbolizes the American dream and how the American dream is not manifested destiny. It's you have to work for it. You have to struggle for it and you might not get to reach it. And I that's what I really love about the movie. It's trying to say it's not really like pro-America and like rah, 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 rah. It's like, no, it's a struggle here. And uh I also like how it kind of um, alters the common perception of what small town American is. It really, you know, there there are immigrant factory workers here. There mm -hmm. are immigrant farmers here. There are immigrant cattle ranchers in, in small town America. And they're there. And we shouldn't be, we, they shouldn't be erased. And they shouldn't be diminished or, uh, or uh, minimized. And I think that's what, what they, that's this movie do, does. It highlights those immigrant workers in small town America. And so I think this movie is one of the best movies of, of this year. It's a, it's a, I think it's one of the great classic American films, American films, in recent years. And uh, I look, I love the fact that they won in a Golden Globe for best foreign film. But I really truly believe that this is an American classic film. Yeah, I mean a lot of it's also in English. <laughs> <laughs> there is yeah, there is English in this movie. 
Yeah, like, like you said, I love the cast. The cast is great. I mean, like Will Patton also. I mean, his whole performance is all his whole. It's entirely in English, and he's. I thought he was fantastic in this movie. Yeah, yeah. he was def- definitely playing a character when, and 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 it, and it was a very touching character. I would, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, yeah, but, they um, never looked down on that character, and, right? And I think some I mean, other other filmmakers would make him a joke in other movies, but he's not. He's like, he is a real character. I, apparently, Lee Isaac Chung uh, knew someone like this in his own life, in his own family. Uh, they were close to uh, this is a family friend, and he goes, uh, "I should make him into a character in my movie." <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I yeah, it all feels genuine, like you guys were saying. And I, I, this is a minor spoiler. I don't want to give anything away, but you know, th- throughout the whole movie, you know, the the, the couple uh, has going through a a, a a lot of a bit of a struggle. It looks like they're kind of in the edge of you know their their relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But one of the things I really loved is they're they're both right. Oh yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like yeah, yeah. neither of them were wrong. Yeah. Like they they were both right about everything they were saying, and it's like one of the that that's another thing that just made the relationship just feel so authentic. That made uh, that made the characters feel so real. And I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything, but you know by by the end of the movie, the characters are all in a really really bad place, mm-hmm. but they're all. If together. The, it all if it, yeah exactly they're together and it feels like it feels more you feel more comfortable f- for the family uh this that you feel more confident in the family or more more uh i'm i'm, I'm not thinking of the right word <laughs> well they're, they're, that they're going to be able to uh to get through it yeah get through you, it yeah yeah and you you don't really feel, you you really feel worried throughout the whole entire film and until until that i i it's just incredible how they were able to um to depict you know the the family uh I, let me just really quick mention the 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 grandmother who who's who comes from korea and she's she comes in and uh, um she pretty much becomes the the anchor of the film uh, the um no, she, the she, caretaker or no what's it the kid right. the kid what's it called nanny she becomes like the nanny for the family yeah and she becomes the anchor of the family and she is played by uh, rich help me out with this help Yo me out with his name Yo Jong Hyun Young Young Jong right is that how you, what it, it, she's a veteran Young Young Jong okay she's a veteran uh Korean actress and this is I think maybe she's this is one of her first American movies she is great. This is a portrayal of, a, of this grandmother. She's not like, a, you know, a typical grandmother where she shouts at the children. She loves this children. She's and she's a little bit of a misfit herself, and she's a little bit of rambunctious herself. And I really love this portrayal of this. Of yeah, this grandmother. her and uh, her and Alan Kim, the the the, the boy, um, had great chemistry together. And yeah, one, when they're both on the screen together, they really pop and uh they they uh alan will have a future ahead of <laughs> yeah yeah i hope everyone has a uh future here i really and i really do hope that director writer director lee isaac chung has a a future i know he's working on a couple projects af- after this and um there, I, I'm, sh- I'm i'm sure there's a bright future for him let's get into grading uh let's first get, let, let me ask you this nomadland one golden globe oh my best drama yeah Minority. Yeah, well, if, if the ones that were nominated, it, it deserved it. Okay, uh, so if Minari and uh, Nomadland was uh, in the same category, you would vote for Minari. Minari. Yeah, Minari. Okay, all right. Just, I think just seeing. <laughs> I, I, I liked uh, Nomad's Land a lot, and I think I think Minari. I mean, both of them are 
different movies, but I think Minori. They're completely different experiences. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the grade. Uh, Rich, what, what you going to give this? I'm just going to give it a solid A. A solid A. All right. Yeah, I'm going to give this a, I was going to, I'm really thinking about this. I, I was, I'm going to give this a four and a half stars, but it might be a five. I mean, I'm, I really got to think about it, but I, I can't give it a, I can't give it a parasite five, but I could, I could definitely give it a solid A. Uh, There's one thing in, in the third act that I, yes, that I think is yes. a little bit conventional or a little bit contrived, mm-hmm. but I still love it. But yeah. I, uh, and you know, give me a couple of months and I mean, but this, they set it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's they not, set it up yeah, and, yeah. They, and they didn't set it up in the way where it's like, uh, like they called too much attention to it. Yeah. It was, it was, it felt appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll feel you, you like I said, it's close to a five star, but right, for right now, it's going to be a four and a half. I stars. think you could, you could easily you could easily make that same argument about how uh, the things uh, plan out or map out in Parasite. I, I, I okay. invalid. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I still, hey, look, it's four and a half is not a not an easy uh, grade for me. But go ahead. What are you going to give this, uh, Raymond? I think it's ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Perfect. Almost a perfect. It's a perfect movie for you. Yeah. Uh, while I'm reading online, there's a, a controversy because of the, uh, the Golden, Golden Globes about what we were just talking about, that this movie doesn't qualify for um, b- best best motion picture drama because uh, I guess to qualify, the movie has to have 50% English dialogue, <clears throat> at least. And uh, I, I guess a bunch of filmmakers, uh, including uh, Lulu Wang, uh, came out and said that this is like the most American film that's come out all year. And um, I 100% agree with that. And I think the Golden Globes are a complete joke. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I'd say it's, the movie's 50% silent because <laughs> it's more its more like like life. Yeah, it's, a, it's a Mountain Dew commercial. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, pro, it's definitely pro Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah. And I hate Mountain Dew. <laughs> uh, what? Yeah, me too. <laughs> Uh, before we end things, I want to just predict this bold statement. I think director Lee Isaac Chung is going to, and this is just my feeling. I think there's going to be an announcement that he's going to direct the new Superman movie for JJ Abrams. <laughs> now, hear me out. Now he is working on two projects. One is for him, for himself. And the second project is for JJ Abrams, bad robot. And JJ uh, mm. Abrams just did a interview with him and, and Stephen Young. And he's a big fan of the movie. Who better to do a movie about Superman, an immigrant from a small town in America, than Lee Isaac Chung? So I, I'm I'm, a, I'm making a bold statement. They're going to announce that he will direct the new Superman that was just announced a couple of days ago. Unless that project is dead in the water. <laughs> but I, I really hope that this guy has a big future ahead of him. I, I'm very impressed by his work. Yeah. All right. So um, th- that's it. That was our review of Minari. One of the best, the best movie of the year for a lot of us. Also, Psycho Gorman, one of the best comedies of the year. Okay, maybe not, but it's a good movie. We also liked the the Wanda WandaVision episode, episode nine, and we also loved the pilot uh, episode of Lois, Superman and Lois, and Raymond hated uh, Tom and Jerry in the United States versus Billie Holiday. Although, it's a mixed bag. Yeah, it's a mixed bag. All right, thank you for listening to Inside Flicks. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new episode with some new movies to review uh, and maybe some new television that we'll talk about. All right, thank you for listening to Inside Flicks. Bye bye. <laughs>